Broadcasting live and worldwide. Here's Brody Brazil. It is December 8th, 2020, and on this day, some pretty compelling news regarding a very specific date here. January 13th, 2021, could the NHL be returning to action on that date? At least that's the target as we understand it right now. And this, according to multiple reports this morning, which I firmly believe all of them, let's be honest, sometimes in sports, one thing gets floated out there via social media it trends it passes along without actual question and reality of is this going to happen um i'm not saying that it will be a reality i'm just saying that it is being discussed as such right now that the nhl and and its two sides the league and its players have really cleared the biggest hurdle and there's a couple different things i wanted to discuss here and do so in a very methodical fashion um this obviously came out this morning and I could have come on here right after that, um, you know, gave my initial thoughts, but I wanted to let all of this kind of soak in so I could do a better uh, live rendition of my thoughts here right now on YouTube, as well as record this for the podcast. So, um, like I said, the the couple things I want to discuss are this, and it begins with the biggest hurdle. Money is so difficult. And, And first off, there's a lot between these two sides, the players and the NHL. Let's, let's make no mistake about it. This is a difficult task to pull off starting a league in the middle of a pandemic and and potentially the worst months of all of this to start anything um, for a lot of different reasons. And and not to mention, once you've realized that you are going to do this, you've got to figure out rule changes, protocols, procedures, realignment. And the biggest part, like I said, the biggest part of all that is money. And it's unfortunate that it it works out that way, and it is as such, but that is the the harsh reality, the harsh truth, that money had to be figured out here, and it seems like they've got through those through those issues and through those problems. So that's a great thing, because I'll be quite honest, everything that I had been sensing and kind of reading between the lines on and, and hearing, it just, it was not seeming to play out well in the last couple of weeks and months. And You could take it back to when Gary Bettman said that January 1st was the target, this is it, and a lot of people bought into that. I I was not one of the first, and I'm glad I wasn't, because even seeing January 13th there, as I'll dive into more in just a second, even that date could get pushed back. But, But the biggest thing of all of this is that two sides, with a lot to oppose in certain circumstances, are actually coming out to say that, hey, they can pretty much get this done and, and whatever gap there is can be bridged. So I'm, I'm going to be honest and on a very optimistic and on a very positive note, that's that's a huge way to begin this is by saying that, you know, there's very good news here to discuss in terms of, of the league coming back. Now, lots of questions. How do you do this outside the bubble for a first time? How do you do this safely? What players are going to want no part of this? What players will opt out? Um, so many different, like I said, aspects to discuss, but, but the number one thing I, I did want to uh, start with the positive is that the biggest logistical hurdle has been cleared. Now, will there be other holdups? Like I said, I think there'll be sticking points. Um, some teams aren't going to like realignment of the division they're in all of a sudden. And, and I don't, 
know specifically which ones are going to have problems. There may be obvious things out there. There may be some things you never even thought about before, but teams are going to lose a competitive edge that let's say they had um, because now they're in a totally different division. I mean, uh, look at a team like the Sharks. If you take all the Canadian teams out that are in the Pacific, right, Vancouver and Calgary and Edmonton, um, now all of a sudden you're you're making that, that them in a Canadian division and now the Sharks might be you know, back in a division with Dallas, a West that includes a Dallas, that includes a, a St. Louis, potentially. I would have to imagine that Chicago might align more in a in a central. But if you're trying to do seven, let me do my math here, seven Canadian teams, then eight, eight, and eight for a West, a central, and an Eastern division, you're going to have some teams think that their chances are different. Now, are they going to have to put up with this and just deal with it as being part of playing through a pandemic? Yeah, probably. But they're not going to be happy about it, and they're probably going to put up a certain fight about it. Um, rule and protocol changes. Uh, we know what Major League Baseball had to go through to get their season completed. The NBA is just about to start, and the NFL is halfway through something that is seeming to work, I guess. Uh, depends on your standard. I mean, they are moving forward and completing their season. Um, whether it looks, the odds for that look good in the next couple weeks and months, I don't know. I mean, for a team like the Denver Broncos to have to recently play a game without a quarterback. So, like, how, how do you do that with hockey? Let's say your goalie is, both your goalies have to sit out for, for COVID realities or protocols or whatever the circumstance might be. I know there's an emergency backup goalie, uh, usually. How does that situation work? Or, or do you make somebody else put on the pads? It's, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's reality. These are things you actually have to think about here in 2020 into 21. Um, and these are the difficult things that um, don't make it easy on a, on a league trying to start up and all the conversations that they're having. How about this? Like I said, um, the playoff format you're going to have a Canadian division because American teams can't travel across the border or vice versa, how are you eventually going to get those Canadian teams to be part of a playoffs, right? That's another thing to consider. How about this? Um, fans at some arenas, but not all arenas. And I'll be honest, um, you know, I think a lot of teams are are going to be pretty aggressive in in the ability to welcome back fans, whether that is a good idea or not. And again, these are in different geographies around North America, so you know different different regions might have different um, risk factors. Some might be better than others. Some might be a lot worse than others. Um, but in terms of the fairness factor of, of starting a league and then some teams have the home ice advantage, other teams don't. And what about a team like the Sharks? Until December 21st, Santa Clara County is saying there can be no contact sports, not even from getting ready for it, not even practicing contact sports. So how exactly does this happen for the Sharks? What's the, what's the disadvantage they would be under here? And I'll, I'll dive more into that in just a second, too, because their their situation is extremely unique. But I think in all of this, right, in seeing that date right there, January 13th, how many times have we said in the past six, seven, eight, I'm losing track here. How many months has this been going on? Nine months, basically. In the last nine months, 
how many times have we said, oh, but by that date, things will be fine. Or you'd think by that point, everything will get worked out. If we've already not learned that you have to be flexible, yeah, you can't take any date for granted, you can't take any any timeline as being 100% certain, I mean, even that date right there, January 13th, if it, if it doesn't happen, that's fine, but at least there is a track and a target in place here, and at least there is this to shoot for right now, but, but, it has to be flexible. Because we, we really don't know what the next couple of weeks are going to look like, especially over the holidays. What was the effect of Thanksgiving across, well, I say North America, but only the United States just celebrated their Thanksgiving. <laughs> Canada did that back in October. In fact, early October. So for all of you out there, maybe maybe you didn't know that. Maybe that was just a lesson right there. I'm sure some of you do and did, but... Um, but, but the setback potentially from a lot of people getting together over a Thanksgiving holiday, over, over general holidays, over Christmas that's coming, or Hanukkah, or, or any other holiday of this season, and it kind of makes you wonder, you know, how are things going to look by this date, January 13th? Um, so, again, there's a lot of reasons why... You know, you you may be watching this in the future and laughing at that because it didn't happen then. But if it happened at any point in January, I think the NHL is in pretty good shape, and and I think they can align for that, and I think they can actually make that happen uh, pretty reasonably. All right, a couple other points um, that I want to make here, and I keep realizing when I do these live videos on YouTube, I say oh, I'll probably go about ten minutes. Well, guess what? We just hit the ten minute mark, and I'm like maybe halfway through. So speed up a little bit. Locally, like I said, the Sharks have some very distinct and unique challenges um, up until December 21st. And again, that date might get extended and pushed back as well. I mean, you understand here in California, there's a a stay-at-home precedent that's happening until January 4th. But even more regionally um, and more, more stringent than that is Santa Clara County saying they don't want any contact sports being practiced or played Um, Until December 21st. That's the reason why the San Francisco 49ers had to basically move out of uh, Levi's Stadium, move out of their practice facility, head out to Arizona for good for a couple weeks. They're going to play, I want to say, two or three games that were supposed to be at home on the road and count them as home games. And if you're the Sharks, why this is important, why this is difficult is because... Let's say that the league is on target for January 13th, and let's say the training camps open. Now, this is another question. You know, would training camps open as late as January 1st? That only allows 12 full days to get your team together, maybe to play a scrimmage against another team, something that makes sense. I I have no clue, but I don't know how I would feel if I was a player, and I'm only going to get 12 days and I, I realize these guys are skating right now. Some are even or were and are practicing with each other, but there's nothing formal. And you cannot go from that practice speed up to full NHL game speed in 12 days. You, you just, you cannot do it. Do I have, let me, let me just see if I, if I have that camera here. You just can't do it. Yeah. I needed to see that camera for just a second. Okay. Can I, oh, 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 getting too fancy with myself here. Um, but I, but I wonder how. I wonder how players are going to feel when it's that short of a time 
to really get ready for the season. And the other part about this is a team like the Sharks, they didn't get to play in August and September to close out the last season. Seven teams in the league did not get the chance to to get back into action. So seven teams have not played since March. That's going to be 10 months by the time January 13th rolls around. And so all those teams were hoping to get a little more of a ramp uh, ramp up into a training camp like a full week. And I don't think that's asking for too much, an extra week uh, of a head start. But all of a sudden now, if you're the Sharks, right, and, and maybe that official training camp start date would be sometime between Christmas and New Year's, so the very latest part of December. But now they're not going to get that extra week because, well, until the 21st, they can't do anything in San Jose. And then there's this, like I said, what happens if the 21st gets extended? Which is, at this point, I don't, you know, is it likely? I'm, I'm not here to, to jump ahead in front of anybody else and, and tell you what's going to happen, but I would say it's, it's not unlikely. So there you go. Um, options for the Sharks if they did have to relocate. And again, what type of disadvantage would this be? be a pretty significant one. You're not just talking about playing games somewhere else. And and maybe there would be an exception. Maybe if the Sharks could agree to certain protocols and extra procedures, and maybe there's something that they can they can arrange with the county of Santa Clara to be able to play. But at the same respect, the 49ers couldn't. So what makes you think that the Sharks would be treated any any differently by the health agencies of, of Santa Clara County? Probably wouldn't. So could the Sharks relocate regionally? Maybe. Like Sacramento. They've never played a hockey game there at, at the Golden One Center. How about the Chase Center, San Francisco? Yeah, but the Warriors are already playing there. They also have maybe never made ice in that building, in that facility. I don't think they have. Have they done like a Disney on ice there? I don't even know. So that's an interesting one. Oakland, Oracle Arena, and and there has been hockey played there before. That's a very empty building. Also this, there is the Oakland Ice Facility that the Sharks kind of are part of of managing and running. So now wait a second. This, This one's interesting. Oakland, it's in Alameda County now. Again, though, Alameda County could have a similar restriction come into place here sooner than later, just like Santa Clara County did. They don't have any any teams going right now, right? The the A's are in their offseason. The Raiders, no, they're long gone. Um, so they don't have any professional teams. I'm just thinking out loud here. Would it make sense for the Sharks to... I can't believe I'm saying this. Would it make shark, sense for the Sharks to relocate to Oakland for practice and game purposes and to try and avoid the shutdown in their own county? I mean, if you're not going to play games with fans or in front of anybody like that all you care about is do you have the right facility do you have something that's close that makes sense um that that drive up 880 uh, it's not going to be fun for anybody the commute of like you know sometimes on the nim it's an hour maybe an hour plus depending on rush hour maybe it's not like that anymore during a pandemic but you know it's is it convenient at all no but would any of this be convenient what if the sharks now let me let me take away the regional aspect here. And again, I'm talking about moving everything, moving your practices, moving your players. They all have to find a temporary spot to live. 
These guys have families. Nobody's going to like that. Um, so how about like what the 49ers did? Could you move out to Arizona? I mean, in Glendale, there's a, there's a hotel right by the rink. Um, I realize Arizona may not be doing so well with the pandemic, but now you're realizing that the team's really going to have to isolate here. Um, I mean, they were going to have to do that anyway. And by the way, I should mention this. One of the things that I've, I really observed during baseball season and, and one of the Oakland A's, Liam Hendricks, who's a big hockey fan, recently shared this with me. And it's, it's a YouTube video here on my channel. The amount of discipline that, that, that hockey players are going to need to have and the amount of accountability and responsibility, not, not just for each other, but, but looking out for everybody else, too. It, it's going to have to be tremendously high. Nobody's in the bubble anymore. And I've said this before, that the level of discipline, I think, among NHL players is pretty tremendous. And I, and I do think that they're going to be okay with, with following rules and procedures to the best of their abilities. Again, that's not to say that something freak can't happen. I think it could. Um, but I, I, I have no reservations that hockey players are going to take this with the utmost uh, seriousness and, and follow, follow everything they've been given to the T, but that's going to be such a huge deal is, is making sure that these guys are really locked down. They're out of the bubble for the very first time. What happened before in, in Edmonton and Toronto um, last summer, that was not reality. I mean, it was, but they can't create, the league cannot create that again. That is not a sustainable solution uh, financially, logistically, from a human sense, uh, players can't be away from their their entire families for you know six months to complete a season. It just can't happen. So everything that's going to need to occur here is going to be different. But I'm telling you, you know, moving an entire team outside of their region, it it causes a lot of inconveniences. And that's why I'm saying here, maybe maybe one of the reasons why uh, an Oakland would be attractive, you know, in a sense of Nobody wants to drive and commute that far from where everybody lives in in San Jose, but that is much better. That is much better than hey, we're off to Phoenix and that's our new home for how, whoever knows long, and we're not even coming back to San Jose. So, just needs to be said. And then last thing here, I am rambling tremendously. I need to start wrapping this up. Uh, Fifty six games. It's an interesting number, and I, and I wonder how. I wonder how they arrived at 56, and I wonder if you played out 56 across, you know, mid-January to what they're going to try and do is wrap the season up, Stanley Cup up by mid-July. Does that fit to a, to an expedited pace? Is it more of a normal pace? Is it pretty attainable? Why did you come up with 56? And and actually, I, I will say this too, just like January 13th is a date that I would, you know, I'm not a, not really a betting man. I also just wouldn't put money on that. Just again, it could be the 16th or 17th or the 23rd, or it could be February 1st. And I'd, I'd be just fine with that too. But, um, 56 games, what's the, how, how did you get there? Because to me, if you had to cut back, if you had to make it 47, okay. If you had to make it 45, okay. Even if you had to cut off, what did I say, 56 of 16 games. If you had to cut off 16 games to make it 40 games, I'd be fine with that too. I really feel like, you know, if you're going to try and have a season, 
This is the rub for me personally. You know, I, I want to respect what's going on in our world right now. And I, I don't want to do this unless, uh, unless it makes sense. And unless the players can stay healthy, um, they can be part of um, bringing something normal to civilization and not be part of the problem or also not encourage the problem, you know, by like packing in a full arena of fans that are not obeying rules. That doesn't seem safe to me right now. Um, and so as, as long as this is happening responsibly with, with a very low risk, um, you know, I, I obviously want it to happen. But I think, again, the, the reservation here is if you're going to do this, you need to do it so that it makes sense, so that you can complete it. You need to do you need to reach something attainable. You need to have something attainable to try and reach. That's probably the best way to say it. And so 56 games, honestly, that's more than I thought. It's kind of on the high side, but I think they probably did that because if it needs to get cut back, there's plenty of room to get down to that, you know, that that low number of like let's say 40. I think 40 or 41 half a season, it's still legitimate. I think it I think it would produce a legitimate you know playoff selection of teams like we saw in baseball right 60 games they played 60 out of what's usually 162 and guess which two teams ended up in the World Series two of the ones with the best record in baseball of that of that shortened regular season there were some surprises um in terms of teams that got in and teams that missed out, but that's just the way this this one's going to be, right? And I don't think there should be an asterisk by anything. I think that um, the the rules and the the regulations and and there are so many harder things about a shortened season and a pandemic season like this that make it difficult that that cancel out anything that's shortened or you know unaccepted in terms of the norms. Uh, so again, yeah, it's. It's interesting. I'm I'm curious in how all this is going to shake out. Uh, but number one is I want to go on TV and I want to cover these games as as much as anybody. And I I want to watch them with you. I want to enjoy. I want to enjoy hockey. I, I I miss the hell out of this. I really do. And you don't realize it until it's a random Saturday night, and you know where you should be. You know what should be happening, and it's not. Um, but at the same respect. I just don't want to, I don't want to get into this if I think it's not not going to be able to be completed um, because things are getting worse in our world. I don't want to do this if it's going to seriously contribute to danger for any individuals, problems on, on a wide scale. If this is going to be super risky, you know, how are you, how are you supposed to feel about that? So I really, really do hope that um, the timeline works. I see vaccines are starting to be handed out across the pond in in the UK. That's great. I don't know where we're going to be in the spring. I don't know where the NHL is going to be in the spring, but um, it certainly is interesting to watch this timeline develop.